Our identity is in Christ Jesus. I had uh, been planning about talking about now that our identity is in Christ Jesus, for those who have accepted Christ and have, um, uh, have Christ in your life and you are now hidden in Christ, to move into talking about what does that mean? Uh, uh, what does that mean to have this uh, new beginning? What does it look like to be a, a faithful follower of Christ? What does it mean to faithfully live out the gospel of Christ? And um, I'm preaching from Second Timothy, and that next week. But as I was thinking about Friday's chapel and how beautiful it was, you know, there are several members of this community that accepted Christ. In Friday, yes, we should give that praise to that. And the prayer of my heart has been over the summer, and maybe it's in my own spiritual journey. In fact, it has been in my own spiritual journey that I want to say this right, but I think I lost the passion for people to come to know Christ. I don't think I'd ever say that, or I don't think that I'd ever feel that, or maybe not even thought that, but there was something within me that was not on center, where I was maybe sitting more in these chapels of more worried about who is going to complain about a song or a speaker, more concerned where things went wrong instead of where things are going really right. And in Friday's chapel, things went really right. For some of you, the uh, exuberance of the Pentecostal tradition was new to you. Uh, it was a great new experience for you. Let's be honest, some of you were like, hey, we can be honest. We can be honest about it, that's all right. But as I started thinking about that, I started uh, and thinking about all those hands that were raised and people that came forward to pray, and I, I thank God for the speaker and the team that day, Herson and Melissa. Thinking about that, I started thinking of all the many different ways people come to know Christ. In so many powerful, powerful ways. And we must not dismiss it because it's not from our tradition. We must not dismiss it because we're uncomfortable with it. We must not dismiss it because maybe the churches we have grown up did not worship in the same way. And when we dismiss that, that is not Christian. Our first response must be to celebrate. And so we celebrate what happened on Friday. And there will be... Timothy, freedom in Christ, how now shall we live? And I started thinking of other students and their journeys, how they've come to know Christ. And it was in the 2012, we had a, a student give a baccalaureate message. Her name was Alessandra. Do I need to use that? Okay, sorry. And she came to know Christ in the classroom. She came to ENC with no religious background. She came here to follow uh, a boyfriend who moved to Quincy. That's the honest reason that uh, she may now say God called me here, but she will be honest with you say my boyfriend lived in town. That was it. And if we're going to be honest, some of you have made decisions just like that. Uh, any hands want to admit to that this morning? None of you. Right. Okay. Good. Matt Henry's the only one admits to it. He's, he's the only one that admits to it. Thank you for the honesty. <laughs> But she talks about being in the classroom and how it was in the classroom and then in a lecture at, uh, at actually Park Street Church dealing with science and religion where she walked out of that lecture and just committed her life to Christ. 
She may not use it in those words at that time, but as she looks back upon it, she, it was in the journey in the classroom. Now, I haven't been in a lot of classrooms, but I don't think they were like Friday's Chapel. Uh, maybe some classes, I don't know, but I, I, don't, I don't think it was like that. But God spoke to her through her classroom and through her academics, through the study of science. When I was uh, pastoring a church, our neighbor... Um, who was around our same age, she had, uh, was pregnant, and at about six or seven months, she had uh, lost the baby. And she had to, because it was so late in the term, she actually had to go into the hospital and deliver uh, the baby stillborn. And uh, she didn't have a church community that she was a part of, and we were praying for her, and uh, our food, our church just did the food train, I guess it's called in some churches, where we just took food, just let her know we were praying, and that spoke volumes to her. And she started coming to our Sunday night group, and she was really the first person that joined the church from the community where we were starting. And a few weeks after she had come to the Sunday night service, she, she just shared how much that meant to her. And then one night in our home, she shared with me, she had been reading the Bible, a very dangerous thing. And she was, the way she was talking, I think, oh, this is the moment where I can ask her if she wants to receive Christ. This is the moment, like, because I heard about that growing up. How many of you have ever been responsible for bringing someone to know Christ? I'm like, I'm finally going to have one right here. <laughs> I can finally raise my hand if anyone ever asks. And she didn't use the language that I was using, that I would use. She wouldn't articulate it in the same way. But what she was telling me is, I've already accepted Christ. She didn't have the pastor walk her through. She didn't have anyone teach her the gospel. She just saw a church community come around her and support her. She came to these little tiny, small Bible studies we had where the preacher that tried to preach was not the best preacher. and She just felt loved and cared for and started reading her word and came to know Christ. And I give God praise for that. God works in so many ways. The good news, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is a simple and yet profound term. If we look, I'll be skipping around just to a couple of verses, and then we're going to have someone from our own community come up and share their spiritual journey. But as we look to just a few verses, 1 Corinthians 15, we see Paul talking about what it means, what this gospel, what this good news of Jesus Christ. I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preach to you, that Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He rose from the dead. The good news of Jesus Christ, that he has died for our sins, that he has been risen from the grave. And it's not Christ has done this. It's what God has done in Christ. God raised Christ from the grave. The good news of Jesus Christ. Many of you know the good news, the, a great uh, Bible verse on the good news, on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and it is a lifelong journey to study the good news, to study the gospel and all the depth that that means. But here is a very powerful message that summarizes it very well. I want to quote to you today. And I'm not doing it just because my son wrote it. I'm doing it because this has been in my Bible since last year as he was watching you worship in revival one day. Uh, last year, last fall with Dr. Tillman. He just sat on the back pew and was writing this, probably under the floor playing and running around and not minding his mother. But he did write this at the same time, so God still works through our disobedience, I guess. But <laughs> this is what he writes. He just, just kind of... Sharing different things that comes to his mind. Come, Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord. Lead not on your own understanding. God is love. 
Jesus lives in you. The Lord is love. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in a straight path. Jesus likes to dance. I don't know. I don't know where that, I just, I, that's what he has, so it must be from God. So Jesus likes to dance. Remember, God loves you very much. Don't lie. Always pray. Jesus died on the cross. Always tell the truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God is love. God loves you. God is love. The good news of Jesus Christ is simple. But that does not mean it is simplistic. It is simple enough where a child can understand that he or she is loved and highly valued by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can understand the story that Christ lived and died and has risen from the grave and that we can have new life in him. And that our identity is now in Christ. It's not in our old self or our old patterns. Our identity is in Christ. Well, I thought of sharing different stories and testimonies. And as I thought of how many of us have come down different roads in coming to know Christ. And for some of us who have grown up in the church, or for some of you who have grown up in the church, sometimes you make statements like, well, I don't feel I have like a testimony of how I came to Christ. I just, I just did. Maybe when I was three or four, maybe our own children at a very young age may not feel like they have made that commitment to Christ, but they have it at a young age. But that in itself is a powerful, powerful testimony, that you were born into a Christian heritage, that you were born into a Christian home, and you should give God praise for that. But we do have one member of our community who's going to come at this time, and he's going to share a little bit about his testimony. I'm going to ask our baseball coach, our new baseball coach, Addison Rouse, to come at this time. I don't know. Can I? All right. Hey. There you go. <laughs> Stand over here. Yeah, well, I'm a little worried. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can even can trust you. Look, here we go. See already. I knew I'm in we trouble. Okay? We, can you hear me? <laughs> I, so uh, I met I met Addison this summer, and I asked him how he came. Tell me a little bit about your story, how you came to know Christ. I've heard some people that were involved, and and just share that with us. You got it. Well, you actually this morning you told me I had five to seven minutes. So whenever I get nervous, I usually make jokes. The only thing I got is I don't think that's going to be possible. So anybody that knows me knows I like to talk. So here we go. Um, basically, um, don't, don't worry about getting in trouble here, but has anybody ever drank in high school? Raise your hand. I did a lot. Um, oh, nobody. Wow. That's great. That's good. Don't lie. Don't, you don't have to, you don't have to lie. It's fine. Um, basically, basically, basically my journey started, um, about my freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, Every Friday night, we'd go to the football games. Anybody, you go to your high school football games. I painted my whole body. Um, I was a nut. Uh, we'd, we'd go to the football games, and, and after our football games were over, we would, uh, we'd all go to our, our starting linebacker's house. Um, he's actually a good friend of mine, so don't, don't judge, but you know, his dad actually used to buy us booze. So we would go to the games, and after, after the games on Friday, we would go to his house and that's what we would do every weekend, Friday, Saturday. That, that was exactly what happened for about two years of my life. Um, and it was, I mean, it's fine. You know, I thought it was a great time. I had a blast, enjoyed every second of it. And that's what I thought was having fun. Um, 
So then, does anybody know what Young Life is? Is anybody ever familiar with Young Life at all? It's, it's, if you're not familiar with Young Life, it's similar to like a youth, uh, youth group. Um, it's not, it, it's, that's what it, that's what you compare it to. It's, it's affiliated with the high schools and, uh, our young life leaders kept on, they kept asking me to go to this club they had. It was like this, you know, this, this, I thought it was some cold or something. I said, I'm not going to that. They said, you know, we need to get you to come to this young life, Addy. You know, you're, you know, you're at all the football games. Everybody likes, you know, we need you to come. I'm not doing it. It's stupid. It's cold. I'm not going. That's what I tell them. I said, no chance I'm going. Um, and then they kept on telling me they were going to buy me dinner. And I was like, ah, not worth it. It's cold. Not going. Uh, so, so, so finally, so finally we, uh, there's this girl I liked, you know, she was pretty cute. Uh, for, for all my, uh, all my soccer girls out there, she was a soccer player. She was cute. I was like, she goes, how about you go to this club with me? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. So, so, so I give, I give into the temptation and I show up and it's actually kind of cool. They're playing a bunch of cool music. Like, for, you know, they're playing acoustic music and they're playing all these games. And I'm like, it's kind of sweet. It's tight. I'm, I'm down with this. And every time, and they talked about, they talked about God for like five minutes. It was, it was great. I was like, this, this is nothing. You know, I'd sit there and I'd jam out. We were having a bunch of fun and all my friends would go and, and then they'd buy me Wendy's. I never paid for Wendy's. They kept buying me Frosties and, you know, I, I guess that was back when they had the dollar menu. So it was good. I, it was awesome. Um, and I just kept going back and, and they have these, they have these weekend camps. It's kind of like a retreat kind of thing. They have these, they have these weekend camps. And so they, I'm an idiot. They, they set up this game and they obviously made it to where I was obviously going to win. And then I got a free trip to weekend camp. Like, I, 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 was, I was the one that was like, I'm like fist pumping. I won this game and no one was trying. They wanted me. It was on purpose. So, so, so finally, so finally I go to this, I, I, I win the game, you know, I, you know, and I'd already been thinking a little bit, you know, I'm like, you know, this, this God stuff isn't too bad. I can, I can handle it. And I want you guys to know I have a, I have a wonderful family. Um, my family's amazing. So, I mean, I, I love, I, they are awesome. My parents are coming up in a few weeks. Um, they are incredible people, but I've never, ever been to church one time in my entire life with my immediate family. So I was very, that just wasn't us growing up. We never experienced that. So I was very leery about all this stuff. And that, that was kind of probably the reason why I was so hesitant is I didn't know what this was all about. It was all new to me. So I finally go to this weekend camp, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's all right. So we're, it, it, all it was was games and they played some, it was, I mean, it was cool. It was, it was fun. Um, we get back from this weekend camp and this, this guy, I mean, this, we were up there. I don't know what it was when I was up there, but something happened where I'm like, man, this, this God guy is pretty cool. I kind of like it. So, you know, I didn't really know any better. And I'm like, you know what? I want, I want to be a part of this. You know, the, the, the stuff had started to hit me. Um, they used to have a Bible study before the club thing, before they did the, the youth group thing with everybody. So it was like a Bible study and I'd go to that and, and I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm committing my life to Christ. I want to do this. I'm in, you know, woohoo. So the, it started out, um, it started out great. And any, anybody who's committed their life to Christ, um, everybody who did Friday, congrats to you. It's going to be an incredible journey, but let's be honest here. 
there's a honeymoon phase. Am I right? You got that honeymoon phase. Everything's great. I think I was listening to Christian music every day and you know, I stopped drinking. I was hanging out with better people. I was cleaning my act up. I was all about God. And then I'm like, okay, it wore off. It stopped. Um, you know, there was about two months there where it was, it was pretty special. And then it kind of wore off and, uh, started, started hanging out again with the, with my friends. And I started, you know, drinking again on the weekends. And I, I started, you know, lying to my family about where I was going. And I went right back to where I started. Um, oh, and I guess what? I was still going to club on Mondays. I was, I was that guy. I was the guy that was there, you know, putting that happy face on. Hey, follow Christ. And then Saturday I was, you know, bonging beers with my friends. I mean, that was what I did. I thought I was the guy who, you know, it was obvious what I was doing. Um, and I had a friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, anybody from California, she just moved out to San Francisco. Um, one of my best friends in the entire world who pretty much paved the way for me to find Christ. She, she pretty much called me out and said, you know, Addy, what are you, what are you doing, man? You know, you sit here and, and you acted like you had changed and you acted like you were this new person and, you know, you had found God and you were, you know, you were leading prayer at the Bible studies and, you know, you were just, you were such an ambassador to Christ. You know, you had more people in high, you know, we had so many people coming from our high school to this, this, uh, young life thing. Because Look what you're doing right now. It's oh, this is amazing. And now look at you. You're right back to where you started. You know, I don't, and she, I mean, she called me out. She's like, I don't even know if, I don't even know if I would consider you a Christian right now with the way that you're acting. And I, and obviously I denied it. I, I think I probably said a few, few choice words to her, um, pretty much put her on blast and said, you know, that's ridiculous. Um, and called her out. Okay. So that had taken place for a couple months. Um, and now my family was going on a ski trip. Anybody ever go skiing or snowboarding? It's pretty sweet, huh? My family was going on a snowboard, a ski trip to Montana. Okay. So here's where things take a turn. So we fly to Montana. I'm almost done. Bear with me. So we, we fly to Montana. Okay. Anybody remember the old Nokia, Nokia phones with the snake game on it? Yeah. Well, that's what phone I had. Um, I, we, we arrive in Montana. My phone does not say roaming. Does not say searching. It said no service. I'm 18 years old. I am not happy. Oh, I was pissed. I was, this is stupid. I hate Montana. This is the worst trip ever. I was so mad. No service. Nothing. The whole week. My phone. I'm, and trust me, it wasn't roaming. It said no service. I walked. I was on top of the mountain like, let me talk on my phone. And it, it wouldn't work. I... Uh, we had, I had walked to, I mean, if, if there was, it was like a resort and I had literally been in every place at this resort trying to get cell service, no service, no service, nothing. So I'm just, I don't even know why my phone's on at this point, but I'm not, I'm not very happy. I'm complaining the whole trip. Um, and this had, this had gone on where I'd, I'd, and then, oh yeah, by the way, it was new year's too, where, uh, and I was with my family, so I couldn't drink on new year's. I was disappointed about that. And it was just. It was a, I was, I was, it was a bad situation. At least I thought so. Um, so then new year's came. Okay. New year's came and, uh, I'm sitting there. It's midnight. I hadn't done anything that night at all. I just hung out with my family. I, uh, 
so I, I, I get ready to go to bed, and for some reason, I, uh, I grab my Bible. I don't know why I even had my Bible with me, actually. I kind of, I have no idea why I packed it, but I have my Bible. Um, I actually have the verse tattooed on my shoulder, but uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and always acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Um, I, I came across that verse, and I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, I'm, I'm reading a little bit, and I get ready to go to bed that night, and uh, I start praying. And a lot of you, they probably tell you not to really challenge God. You're not really supposed to do that. But I basically said, God, I don't really think you're real. Um, I don't think there is a God. I don't know what this whole christianity things all about um what 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 are you you know what are you doing in my life i thought you were you know i thought you would touch my heart i thought that you were this this powerful almighty god that was going to to blow me away and change my life and here i am the same person i was three months ago and i basically called out god and said if you're real do something that was my exact words i said if there is a god that is real if if this man if this person that people say can move mountains and do all these, do something because I don't see it at all is exactly what I said. I lay down, um, get ready to go to bed that night. Um, by the way, I hadn't received a phone call or a text all week because of my phone. Um, I get ready. Like I said, I put my Bible up. I, I said that prayer. I lay down five minutes later. Do 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 do. What was that? I go to the counter. Um, my phone had received a text message from my best friend, Anna, that said, Happy New Year's. I love you and God bless you. And my phone had zero service. No service. Sort of God, that's God, it's honest truth story. My phone had no service. Got this text message. Looked at it and said, All right, God, you win. <laughs> and... And the rest is history, and here I am. I have been crucified with Christ. It is I no longer who live, but Christ who lives, in it, lives within me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by, the, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Have you made that decision? Like Addie did that night. I did not know God can speak through a cell phone with no service in the hills of Montana. <laughs> Still can't figure that out. But I know God honors the hearts of those who seek him. So maybe we have prayers like that from time to time, and God sees and hears our prayers and responds in ways that maybe only God and you can understand. God wants to advance his kingdom through this community, through your life, but it starts with accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is how the kingdom is first advanced. Then we, as citizens of the kingdom of God, we advance his kingdom. So it is on earth as it is in heaven. 
So as you go through this semester and into the school year, you'll hear other testimonies, but you'll also hear about people doing incredible work within the church and within organizations. Our chapel speaker on Friday works at a wonderful community in Indianapolis called Shepherd's Community, and they're doing great work. They're advancing God's kingdom. But it had to start in the heart of Lamoris. It had to start there before he could be part of advancing God's kingdom, and you'll hear some of his, his story on Friday. He's now also the chaplain for the Cincinnati Bengals, so I think he'll, he'll share some of that as well. And as we move on to this semester, you're going to see and hear from people that are doing incredible work of what it means to be people of reconciliation, what it means to be people of justice, what it means to be people advancing God's kingdom. But the kingdom of heaven advances first and foremost in the heart of an individual. So have you made that commitment to the good news of Jesus Christ and given your life to Christ? Let us pray. There are so many different ways you work in our lives, Lord. There are so many different ways you reveal yourself to us, whether it's through the heart-wrenching sorrow of pain and loss, like my friend Jennifer went through in New York, or, or whether it's like Coach Addison and, and crying out to you and thinking that, not even knowing if you're real, but this simple response of a friend who texted and said that she loved him and that God loves him. The power behind that. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can sing songs of praise with high energy and we can sing about freedom and clap about freedom and jump for freedom and and glorify you and that people can come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life in those moments as well. We thank you that the classroom is a way that you often work and the classroom is a way that you often speak, not only to educate and prepare uh, us to go out into the world to serve your kingdom, but also open our eyes to see that God is here. Thank you for the testimony and the prayer that Ann Van Hyde taught us that she, not pray, she no longer prays that the Holy Spirit will be present or that God will be present. She prays that people's eyes will be open, that God is present. So open our eyes, Lord, and may we respond. So in all these different ways and even in these moments before we sing one final song, sitting in our pews in a silence beyond words just between you and God now can be your time where you turn to him and say yes Lord I will follow I want Christ in my life and my life in Christ be glorified we pray Lord in all that we do and all that we say Our lives are hidden in you. Use us to the fullest for your honor and your glory. Amen.